Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. Hello, Peter. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Ben. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Mm, it is are, for me, too. Are you excited? Yeah, sorry. I thought you were going to say for something, nope. but... No. Nope. Yes, I'm excited. I really just, am. Just excited. I have mm-hmm. no... No other qualifiers or really anything to be excited about. I just Nothing you specific. Know, you're yeah. excited for for the podcast. And... Just generally excited. Yeah, that's good. That's mm. good. We both sound excited. We do. <laughs> yeah, especially especially those long pauses of excitement. Those yeah, are I really, really good. wanted to let that one hang and just mm. see how long. Before one of us we says could, something. Yeah, we could yeah. get away with it, really. Um, yes, welcome. This is a video game podcast. We talk about video games here. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, also, every single week we have an ad, an mm. actual advert to lead in and close out the show. Different advertiser every time. For some reason, we can't hold them down, but they are always real. And I don't yeah. know why you would. I don't know why you'd even say that they weren't. So uh, Peter's got the ad read in front of him for mm-hmm. this week. I have. It's right here. Hey. Do you like video games? Yeah. Right. Uh, I think some of the people listening to this podcast probably like video games as well, because it is a video game podcast. Mm. But do you know what people who like video games also enjoy? Uh, chips. Ch- chips. and Chips is the one one of the things, and the one other thing that they also enjoy, there's only two things, is um, making their own honey at home. Oh. Um, so introducing... The brand new next generation um, technology coming out of Sony at the moment. It's the Sony PlayStation Hive. You too can uh, get a whole bunch of bees inside your Sony PlayStation Hive. And before you know it, you'll have fresh honey every morning. Wow. Every every morning. It's like chickens laying eggs. The bees just lay a little bit of enough honey for some toast or for your granola. That's amazing. uh, Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's delicious. Um, it's it's a weird sort of move from Sony because, of course, uh, until now they've been far more interested in the Sony PlayStation door, which is mm. the thing that allows you to get into your kitchen in the morning. But then they realised, well, now that people can get into their kitchens, what they're going to do? What they're going to what they're going to have for their Breckhams? So um, 
that that PlayStation Hive is ready for you right now. Yeah, well, lest we forget the the PlayStation Chive as well. Oh which yeah, is, uh, which is also coming out. So plenty of plenty of options. Does it come with uh, oh, the bees? Oh, God. There's, there's bees right. blowing up my phones. Hang on, let me let me mute that sucker. Oh beep, my goodness. Beep. Okay, there we go. Wow. Right. I was going to say, do the bees come with the console, or is that extra? Do you, are they? Um, is there? <laughs> oh, is there BLC? Like, do you buy them? <laughs> can you buy like special bees? Downloadable content. <laughs> there certainly is. Yes, yes, you can buy lots of different kinds of bees. Um, bees that like make different flavored honey. Uh, bees that make chutney. Bees mm. that make um, vin- like proper chip shop vinegar not like the stuff that's not chip shop vinegar that you can get in the shops right right. uh, the supermarkets um anything you like any condiment or anything that comes in a jar or bottle there are special downloadable bees for you to get do they make mistakes uh no no they don't they never make mistakes uh but they do occasionally uh make uh um yeah um, mm-hmm. um. Yes. Um. Make things up like this advert. No. Oh, come uh, off it! I thought that was this was the time. Yeah, you thought gonna this was be, the, it's going to be true. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, no, I didn't. I was hesitating as to whether whether to crush your dreams, but um. Too late. It's done. Too dreams, late. dreams crushed. No, apparently that's not real. As much as we would all love it to be true, it's not. Sadly, the real sponsors of this show are not the the what was it the BS the PS hive the BS hive. Yeah, the the, uh, the PlayStation hive. And I shouldn't have even said sadly as a qualifier. I'm just sad about the bees. What I am happy about is that the real sponsors of this show are our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month, you can access the weekly post uh, where we ask you for questions for this show because you guys uh, are the people who get the questions on the podcast that we answer. Also, we, we need and love your support over on Patreon. Uh, it does help immeasurably. We have different tiers available. It's a very direct way of supporting us financially um, because, you know, stupid things happen all the time when you work in the, the volatile and ever-changing landscape of YouTube and online media, as, as, uh, as, as we discovered this week when our video about censored video games was itself censored by YouTube, so we couldn't make any money off it. Video's still live, but they've just decided to turn adverts off because apparently we violated stuff by uh, by talking about by talking about the things that got video games censored in nipples countries around the world. Stuff. Yeah, we just talked about nipples, and apparently we we were we fell into some category where nipples discounted us, areolas discounted us. Don't talk about them unless they're male nipples. You can talk about male nipples if you like. Male nipples are fine, but apparently, yeah, confirmed by manual review. Someone at YouTube watched that video and said, no, don't you talk about nipples. And so we're not going to make any money off that video. And, you know, those videos don't don't just, you know, come out of nowhere. Mm. They take a great deal of effort from several people. So if you can support us, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump goes a really long way. And we really, really appreciate it. We do, absolutely. Ben, where are we walking today? B. B. Just a a B. Just a B. A B. Okay, excellent. Well, 
uh, we can jump straight into questions then from those very supportive patrons that you just mentioned. Mm. Uh, this is from Robert James, two first names. If you could port or remaster a PS2 or PS3 game to PS5, which game would benefit the most? What features would you add? Would it be Beverly Hills Cop? I'm in trouble, Tubbs. I'm in trouble, Tubbs. Uh, ben, what would mm. you do? I would... Because I've spoken about it before several times. The mm. PS3 is my favourite console. And because it's such a nightmare console in that developing for it was hard and porting games off it apparently is hard and time-consuming as well. There's a lot of amazing exclusive games on PS3 that nobody will ever be able to experience again unless mm. they get a copy and also get a PS3. I know there's PlayStation Now, but PlayStation Now is crap and there aren't that many games on there. No. So <clears throat> it's unlikely that you'd be able to experience uh, the full range of amazing exclusive titles that were on the PS3. So mm. for that reason... I would quite like a remaster of at least the first Resistance game. Uh, if if we could get the whole trilogy, that would be amazing. The second one wasn't such a big fan of, but the third one was incredible. Uh, one and three had co-op campaigns. You could play uh, two-player local split-screen co-op, and the, I think the third one was actually online co-op as well for the campaign. They all had decent multiplayer suites as well versus competitive multiplayer. They were really good fun. Right. Um, and this was before, I know this wasn't a, a, a complete novelty at the time, but this was before Call of Duty 4 came out and sort of revolutionized and changed online competitive first-person shooters. But, you know, you had all the ranks and stuff and you were leveling yeah. up and it was it was super fun, the first game. In fact, I think I would actually prefer a remake of it because I, I know that it's quite dated by today's standards. But even so, I think the fact that that, that trilogy is marooned on PS3 is a real shame. And, uh, and I think more people should play it, and it should be made more readily available. And I just don't understand why that series, infamous, um, there's others that uh, my brain is leaking sort of vital thinking juice this morning and I, i'm not really yeah, all, juice not really all here today but there's loads of games on ps3 that are just stranded there and I'm, I'm shocked i'm shocked that sony didn't port them in some sort of collection to ps4 but there we mm. are yeah um i i guess in in sort of a similar way i mean it's less trapped but uh i i would probably like to Port or no, again, probably remake um, Time Split as Future Perfect. Mm. Um, I think for a couple of reasons, really. I think doing a, a remake slash remaster of a game like that, you know, that's one way uh, for a start to encourage a sequel or a reboot or, a, you know, a continuation of the series because mm. THQ Nordic will do nothing and unless they maybe think, oh, there's money to be made with this license. Yeah. So, Number one, you know, like if people like the Future Perfect remake slash remaster, it might sort of encourage more uh, beyond that. Um, also, I think it it works perfectly well in and of itself as an entry point to the series. So, you know, with some games or some series, I should say, I would, if I wanted people to sort of get into them, uh, people who, who haven't played them before, you know, you, you are kind of, uh, in, in a lot of cases the best advice really is to okay well play the first one and play play your way through and then you'll you'll understand it all and da 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 
but with Future Perfect, you know, I think that the previous two games didn't have the most uh, enthralling or deep stories in the world, did they? So mm-hmm. I think with Future Perfect, all you really need to learn uh, sort of before the opening cutscene was about is about like Corporal Hart, uh, and even then you don't really need to know about her. And <laughs> and yeah, this guy has got some time crystals that he needs to get back home to save the world. And then from there, I don't think there's really any callbacks that you need to know about to previous games um, mm-hmm. in terms of narrative. Obviously, there's characters that come back and things like that, but you don't need to know that. Um, so it's a good entry point as well. Um, I mean, it doesn't even have it doesn't even have three in the name. Like I call it, I sometimes just say Time Splitters three, but it's just Time Splitters colon Future Perfect. So yeah, we used yeah. to just call it Future Perfect among right our friends. Yeah. Mm. Um, and in terms of like adding features, I don't know. I'd guess I think it had technically it had like network play on the PS2, but you know I would I would add proper proper multiplayer system, online yeah. multiplayer with lobbies and stuff. Um, maybe more characters, possibly. Um, more, more characters. More characters. Yeah, Amazing. I think that's one of its biggest selling points is how many ludicrous characters there are, and I would just want them to go absolutely bonkers with it. Yeah. Uh, maybe THQ Nordic could just put like loads of characters from their own, from all the IPs that they own. Yeah, just, SpongeBob. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, the Destroy All Humans, Alien. Yeah, maybe absolutely. the maybe the the sort of resoundingly successful protagonist of Haze. You know. Mm. The game has sunk free radical design and prevents us from getting time splitters for Hayes, yeah. John Hayes. Jonathan Hayes. Honestly, they were all two thousand and eight, that they all had those names. Yeah. It was like yeah, Cal Hayes. <laughs> yeah. John John Strongjaw. Yeah. Uh, Bill Punchfist. Yeah. Jeremy Max Flux. Yes. Jeremy Gunhands. Yeah. Uh also I would add I would like improve on the on the map the map builder because that yeah, game you had liked a great that, didn't you had a great map builder. I used to use it all the time, and you know the idea of like building even more with it is super <coughs> cool. Like bless you, you Sorry, can only you can only do like inter like indoor environments. As far as I remember, it was all like rooms with walls and ramps and doors and things. Um, but it was still pretty versatile in its day. So I would you know go mad with it. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd love to play that game again in a remade form. Not only not only remastered, but remade with new features and stuff. I think it'd mm-hmm. be great. Let's be let's be Francis about it. Mm. Uh, yeah, THQ Nordic have got to know that this is the one that people want, right? You'd think so, because when they acquired it, there were like there were headlines about it on mm. on gaming. You know, news outlets saying, "Oh my God, so it's been bought by a new company. It's THQ Nordic this time. Maybe we'll finally get either you know re-releases or a sequel. How exciting!" And then mm. it never happened. Yeah, um, they've so. they've done some strange, strange remakes mm. so far, and uh, a strange remaster in Kingdoms of Amalur. Not that the original game wasn't good. It's just it wasn't a very inventive or interesting remaster at all. It was just here's the original game, bugs and all. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's really bizarre. But given that they've frequently said that they have 20 billion games in development across their thousands of studios currently, mm. you've got to imagine that the reason we've had such strange remasters slash remakes so far is is sort of a 
just again it goes back to how many games they've got in development in that they can afford to do that because they're mm. also remaking slash remastering really good and interesting games as well uh, including so. final fantasy uh, not final fantasy jesus <laughs> christ including future perfect and the other yeah. time splitters games uh yeah you, you've, you've got to think so right they're making so many and they're pre- they've so far released such strange things that you've got to think well at least some of these hundreds of games that are in development have got to be something that i'm interested in right? yeah sh- surely no one has gone down the list of ip and gone right what should we remake we've got uh oh, we've got time splitters oh spongebob oh mm-hmm. oh kingdoms of amala oh okay you know it's time for haze 2 man yeah we've been, we've been waiting we're ready Jonathan, for it we've got the original voice actor of jonathan hayes he's not yes. had no work since hayes one mm-hmm. um he may, maybe he maybe he has that might be a really, really I don't know I don't know who that he might be really know. maybe it was it was Nolan North everyone oh it, I mean Troy Baker definitely Nolan North uh, let's see Hayes game let's find out who this guy was um, right so you think he's called John Hayes right John Hayes yeah uh, let's see what he's called or oh, close it's one of those names it's Shane Carpenter right yeah that's pretty called. that's one of them right. Um, He's a carpenter, so he can chisel his jaw, I think. That's yes. what his... Yeah. Hayes Shane Carpenter voice. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, Bertie Carvel. Right. Who's Bertie Carvel? He's got the least 2008 action hero name I've ever heard. He's called Bertie. <laughs> so he plays Imperial, Imperial Agent, in parentheses, male, in Star Wars The Old Republic... Right. He played Shane Carpenter in Hayes. And in Revolting Rhymes, a 2016 TV show, he played Mirror, Huntsman, Senior Dwarf, and Prince. 2016? Yeah. They did They did Revolting Rhymes in like the 80s or 90s with Rick Mayall, but I, don't, oh. I didn't know they'd done it again. Roald Dahl. Might be a remake. Um, mm. There you yeah. go. He's, he's already doing remakes. He could just come back and play John Carpenter Jaw. John Carpenter. He John, can come back yeah, and play, play John, John Carpenter. John the thing. Yeah. Um, incredible. Brilliant. Okay, yeah, there we go. Um, oh, we'll spoiler see. for the end of Hayes. Apparently, according to the wiki, he is alive. So, uh, oh, there we go. Yeah. So they could do a sequel. Hayes 2. Mm. Get ready. Perfect. Hayes harder. Well, from games that we're very much not playing, it's time to move on to a section where we talk about games that we are playing. Yes. It's called What We Are Playing. Ah. Ah. Peter, what are you playing? Uh, I have been playing almost exclusively the Crash Bandicoot 4 still because there is so much to collect in that game. And I did warn one one and all. I warned one and all Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago that this may well be the game that I talk about for the next couple of months on on what we're playing i don't know i think eventually i'll kind of i'll get all the easy ones and i'll be like okay do i really do i really care about getting the rest am i actually going to try and complete this game entirely um so we'll see how that goes but i have as of yesterday at time of recording uh collected and completed all of the flashback tapes which was super fun those are the um they're like vhs tapes that were recorded by neocortex in the late 90s of crash being trained before he escaped well 
spoiler alert and i get this is i guess this is actually a little bit of a spoiler so don't listen for 15 seconds uh crash escapes halfway through the flashback tapes uh and then the other ones are coco so coco was like left in the tower or created in the tower after crash's escape um so that's kind of interesting and then that ends in the same way um so that's super fun and there's all kind i've said as well i think on maybe on the quipscope that there's all kinds of fun callbacks and stuff like you hear cortex talking about uh plans that he's got um with with crash and what he's going to do uh and things like you get the origin of like where crash and coco's outfits came from uh what cortex thinks about wumpa fruit um and there's like little easter eggs so like in the last flashback tape um cortex was kind of moaning about how much trouble has been caused by these bandicoots that he's been working on and he said uh oh, maybe next time i'll try a uh, i'll try a hedgehog or a gecko oh. <laughs> or a, or maybe a bobcat which is bubsy of course which is bubsy yeah, yeah. so that was fun and there's there's a there's a similar line in one of the final levels of the of the main game where he says uh He's, he's again complaining that he shouldn't have bothered with the bandicoot and he said if only i'd stuck with the wombat things could have been different and which is that that's a reference to um the development of crash bandicoot itself uh originally he was going to be willy wombat and then oh, that would be amazing he became crash bandicoot so that's like a little kind of in-universe reference to the fact that crash was nearly a wombat but then he wasn't uh so willy this... wombat the whole game is is filled with little little nods like that, and there's things in the background like you see Ripper Roo bouncing across rooftops, and there's a portrait of Tiny Tiger in in one of the areas, and it's it's super fun. It's it's a real love letter to the original trilogy, um, which you know that's obviously how people describe the Insane trilogy in that that was you know completely recreating the trilogy itself. But even now, moving on to a sequel, they're still writing love letters as it were to the <laughs> to the old games which is really nice um, that is nice yeah something else i will have played um by the time this podcast comes out will uh, is um two point hospital and the new dlc that's just come yes. out um at the time of recording i have not played it i'll be doing so today um but uh that's very exciting we should have a quip scope uh, available on on the channel uh, all about that but uh yeah it looks very exciting um the the new dlc is uh it's called cult, uh, is it culture, culture shock culture shock yeah. yeah um and uh yeah it looks it looks super fun and uh I'm, I'm looking forward to giving it a go and you can hear all my thoughts on the quipscope on the channel absolutely you've not uh you've not had a chance to play two point hospital yet have you? i've not i've actually got it on my ps4 and i've just never got around to playing it um oh, nice i imagine pc will be a a, a superior experience yeah, from a control suspect, perspective i suspect so because we it's a it's a pc version we've been kindly given um mm. so uh yeah very exciting stuff yeah wonderful what about you what you've been playing well, once again, I thought this week it was going to be another, oh, nothing is, I can't, you know, I can't really get into anything. I'm not really enjoying any games mm. uh, sort of week. But now that I've amassed my 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 list of games played, I've, I've once again been all over this week. Yeah. 
so very quickly after the the video game TV show documentary, I think it was High Score that I recommended last time. I've just finished watching uh, Rob McElhaney's um, Without Further Adieu, right? Uh, Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet, which was the thing from E3 a couple oh, yeah, of years ago, of Ubisoft. Course. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea that fell off the face of the earth for me. And even though we frequently take the piss with our without further ado, without further ado, without further ado, yeah, uh, because he got it wrong on e- at E3, um, I forgot that, that you know that it was a game. It was a sitcom based in a game studio, which sounds amazing. Yeah, I don't and, always um, remember that. That's the the reference. Like I I just remember that lots people of get people it wrong. say yes, yeah, not absolutely. necessarily just him, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it aired uh, the, the beginning of this year, and they also did a quarantine episode. And I've just finished watching the first season. The second season has been, I think, renewed already. Uh, it was really good. It was really good. If you get a chance to watch it, I think it was some sort of. I think it was an Apple original. God knows, you know yeah. how and where you can find that. I'm. Sh- I assure you, I watched it through perfectly above board means mm. um, on Apple on Apple dot com forward slash the television bit. <laughs> dot yes and uh it yeah it was surprisingly good it was a little cheesy in places obviously it's dumbing down the the intricacies of game development for the purpose of uh appealing to a lot of people who might mm. not know about games and there was one there's a couple of bits which you know i didn't i wasn't upset by at all but just given sort of the uh the 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 current issues faced with the the games industry it was quite sort of like oh okay where two testers stay up all night to log some bugs and they're like wheeling around on office chairs and eating ice cream sandwiches and like doodling all over the place and then at the end they go wow that was some crazy crunch huh and it was like oh Oh, god oh no okay uh but then people are off with depression yeah i think it's a little more serious than that in some cases um well yeah but uh, no, no, I'm not talking. I'm not. I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just, I'm just saying. In, no, no, in terms you're of right. How the yeah. show, the show portrayed it as sort of like, whoa, crazy mm. crunch, my dude. Yeah. Uh, but then they do actually take it a bit more seriously later on in the series. It, I, I really liked it. Um, it's reviewed pretty well, also, and uh, there was a, there was a very touching episode in it too. So I would, and also kudos to them for being one of the only quarantine special episodes i've seen of a show you know because lots of shows came back to just do a show where everyone was on zoom or whatever yeah um where they actually explored the mental health aspect of people feeling overwhelmed by oh, okay, being yeah. left alone you know and not seeing anyone with nothing to distract them um i've not seen any shows do that so i thought that was that was really cool so yeah that's um mythic quest raven's banquet it's it's rude and adult but i i would recommend giving it a watch um i just finished watching it last night anyway very quickly what i played a little bit of dark souls um barbara was called for to help out a friend right um and it was new game plus and barbara was not ready for new game plus so barbara had a tough time um i also started a new game in pokemon blue I was just I, I was just looking at my my vast Game Boy collection, mm. and I wanted something to do. So I grabbed a Game Boy and a copy of Pokemon Blue out of the display cabinet, and I started playing that. Got the first gym badge. Um, I'm I'm playing it in sort of uh, my old school. Uh, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? My old school approach to playing Pokemon games, which is screw having any other Pokemon. 
just have your starter and make them kill everything so they're a ridiculous level and nobody can stop them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's how I'm playing it, because I think it's the fastest way to get through the game. Right. Um, Call of Duty Warzone, I keep dipping into. It's increasingly, as people might might, might be able to tell by now, it's increasingly becoming just an avenue for me to catch up with and hang out with friends and old friends and just chat and just just play a game for an evening because everyone's got it Mm, Uh, and they've they've got a halloween update which is really cool uh it sets the sets the map to nighttime i haven't played it yet it releases loads of spooky ghoulies and zombies and stuff into the playing field and so on and it looks uh looks like an interesting twist so looking forward to playing more of that uh the true is a game that you'll no doubt enjoy peter Mm-hmm. It's one of those really good my first Unity games. Oh yeah, sort of I saw you talking store. about this. Yeah, uh, I got it because the trailer looked appalling, and uh, there are areolas in that game. I tell you oh. that much. Yeah, so we can't talk about it too much, or we'll get demonetized. But mm-hmm. it was appalling. I followed a trophy guide to get the platinum, and uh, it was just it was so broken and janky, and oh, it was everything you would expect and more. Uh, really, really, really bad um, with just the funniest animations I think I've ever seen in a game. And finally, Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh yeah, you're still on that? Played some more last night. Um, I played a little bit after I talked about it on the podcast last week and I I pretty much immediately encountered a bug that sent me back to the main menu and then yeah. it wouldn't recognize any controller inputs. So I stopped there. Uh, I've now played a little bit more. I've got my ship... Um, I've gone to the first planet and completed the main quest there, and then I spent the last portion of last night running around and talking to all of my crew. There's, outside of what's been said about Andromeda to death, about the jankiness and the bugs, Mm. um, I haven't encountered any real bugs yet, apart from the one that sent me back to the main menu. I got a lot of tweets from people saying that they didn't have any issues, which is totally fair, but I think it's, it's pretty telling that I encountered one immediately. Yeah. Um... It's just very janky. Facial animations are still really weird and unnatural. The way they run is strange. Um, Nobody moves like a person. And the voice acting is all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, I just... It just doesn't have the Mass Effect magic. I think it's competent enough. uh, But it's it's definitely not up to the standards that people were expecting. And I, obviously, you know, coming into this three years later, uh, I wasn't expecting much. But I'm going to keep playing it and see how I get on until something else comes out that distracts me. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I've gotten over the first initial hurdle of, wow, this is Mass Effect Andromeda, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm actually sort of getting into the meat of it. Um, you know, the combat's fun and I, and I, I like that. So I'm, I'm going to stick with it for now and we'll see how we get on. Well, I'm glad you got over the first hurdle of like it locking up on you and that you were willing to continue and now you're you know having enough enough fun with it because you know that's the kind of thing where if a game if you go into a game already knowing that well this is supposed to be bad and buggy but i'm gonna give it a chance Mm -hmm. and then within half an hour you're you're suddenly like soft locked it's like oh okay well or or hard locked i guess in this case uh that can be that can be enough to make you just go right okay i guess it's as bad as it's supposed to be i'm not going to play it anymore um but you you got through it excellent news i'm going to keep playing i'm mm. i i heard people on twitter loud and clear there was a big response a lot of people saying why on earth are you playing that yeah and a lot of people saying 
I really liked it, actually. It wasn't as bad as everyone says. It's a perfectly mm. fine Mass Effect game. Obviously, Mass Effect, I don't associate with perfectly fine. I'm a, a huge Mass Effect 2 fan, and I was immediately hooked and cared about that game and universe and all the characters, despite not playing Mass Effect 1, yeah. because it wasn't on PS3 at the time. Um, this, though, don't really feel an affinity for anyone at right. all. So... There, there's already a big sort of dissonance there for me, but I'm going to keep playing and uh, and I'll see how I get on. Okay, yeah, good. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll all see how you get on. I suppose we will, won't we? In the next uh, what we play in. That was what we play in. It's time for question two, though. This is from Jonesy. Hello, chaps. You've been contacted by a new video games convention. What's it called, Peter? Um, video... Uh, vid... VidGamCon. Hmm. Yeah. Very good. That is offering a chance for those in journalism slash media to come along and interview anyone they would like from the world of gaming. Producers, writers, voice actors, artists, designers, everyone is there. Must be a pretty big aircraft hangar, it says. Mm. Who would you choose to interview and what would be your line of questioning for them? As ever, keep up the great work, guys. Take care, Jonesy. Oh, thanks, Jonesy. Good question. Thank you. Um, I've, I've got a, just a selfish answer here. You know, I wouldn't I could have chosen something here um, as a as a triple jump employee, you know, go and try and get some sort of important current events scoop about what's going on somewhere or with this game or that thing. Uh, but really, I would just want to get like the original Spyro team together and just mm-hmm. talk to them about every aspect of the development because... I've seen them on uh, on like interviews, and there was like that video that uh, I think you might have seen actually that um, a speedrunner ran through Spyro Three uh, with. I know Ted Price was there. I think Brian Hastings as well, and someone. Anyway, it's like three of the devs were there, and they watched this speedrunner like break their game, mm-hmm. and uh, all the way through they're like talking about things that they did, and like, oh yeah, I remember when like. You know who who sat and came up with all that and stuff. So they seem to remember quite a lot about the development of those games, which is nice because sometimes you like you watch interviews with either like game devs or perhaps like movie movie casts or directors or whatever, and you say like, "Oh, how did you how did you feel about this scene?" And like, and they'll go like, "Oh, uh, I don't really remember what are you talking about. What happened? Hmm, okay, yeah, I don't know." Um, but uh, they seem to very much like remember a lot of stuff that they did and um more more to the point like things that were cut out you know i think that's what i'd really like to hear about i know like there's some stuff that has survived in um old screenshots of early builds like the balloonist with the hot air balloon was uh replaced by a or he replaced a boatman who looked like asterix and he had a big like horned helmet and a white a, a yellow mustache and he had a, a like a Viking sailboat that you would go around uh, between the worlds riding that. So uh, just things like that really interest me. I know there's supposed to be like a whole world that was cut out, maybe, possibly. Um, so, yeah, like Ted Price, uh, Alex and Brian Hastings, I think they were they were brothers who worked on it. I think Mark Cerny was like sort of executive producer. He's um, always like, around, isn't he? He is, isn't he? That I like the idea that I would man. get. I would get an interview with Mark Cerny and just talk to him about the original Spyro's Spyro games rather than like, you know, any of the work he's done since then. Um, yeah, knack. 
Yeah, knack, exactly. Knack two. Mm. Uh, PlayStation hardware. PS5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about Spyro One. Did they really cut out the boatman? And Mark's like, I wasn't involved in the design process. I, uh, Don't ask me. <laughs> I, I wasn't involved in the involved. design process. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know what you mean. Spyro. So that's what I'd do. I'd be selfish and just talk to talk to them about a really old game mm-hmm. uh, rather than do anything useful. <laughs> well, I'd do the same. Yeah. I would uh I would talk to David Cage. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be rude or an ass. You know, it's not like it's not like I'm Ali G, you know, mm. interviewing the Beckhams and just able to openly insult them and they'll just laugh because that's what he does, you know, yeah. and people and they knew and they know of him. Uh, I can't do that with David Cage. You know, <laughs> he doesn't know me from from anyone. So if maybe I dressed as Ali G and maybe. then you'll get away with it. Yeah. So like, why is your game so crap? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if I did that, he would he would walk out. So I, I yeah. couldn't I couldn't just say, "Wow, I think you're awful," but um, but also amazing. I'm I'm obsessed with your games. Mm. Um, but I would I would genuinely like to just hear you know about what inspires him, maybe what his ambitions were for Beyond Two Souls, and if he'd do anything differently because that's definitely by far his weakest game. Mm-hmm. But it's weak in a very unique and spectacular fashion in that. It's the production values are insane. Yeah. Like, and he's got such huge actors in it. There's like, how and what were you doing? Like, how did, how is, how is it so good looking, but so weird at the same time and so divisive? You know, are you mm. proud of it? Like, what, what would you, what would you change? Like, I wanna, I wanna know. Uh, cause that man has been at the, and his team have been at the cutting edge of, dramatic storytelling in games since they first started yeah you know, they they didn't kick it off games were dramatic before then but certainly they've they've brought in a new angle that's completely completely fresh and i'd be interested to hear what he thought of until dawn and supermassive games subsequent titles that are definitely yeah. inspired and build off what quantic dream has done mm, before absolutely um I'd, I'd just be really interested to know like how he works he's a little bit scandal pending as well right um or certainly his studio was i don't know what the outcome of that was so i won't i won't speak on it or um you know speculate but certainly there were reports that things weren't necessarily so great at quantic dream but this was some time ago and i don't know how complicit he was but certainly senior members of staff were uh so by by all accounts it seems that he's just a bit of a crazy man and I kind of want to know how he works. I think that'd be yeah. really interesting. I want to know if he played Man of Medan and thought, "Oh, this is great. This is fantastic. This is perfect. This is what I was going for." <laughs> there you aren't know. enough super colliders in it, though. Yeah, that spill ghosts out from the other side. <laughs> yeah. Why can't I fall over crates of chickens in this mm. game? Yeah, Rubbish. plenty of ghost hands, though. Mm. It's yeah. Good. But yeah, I'd talk to David. I'll talk to David. Yeah. Wow. Okay. From uh, one weird game to several weird things. Are you ready, Peter, for what comes next? Um, let me just let, right. Let me once and for all see if there's any paper in this room. Okay. Because we can't we can't keep doing this. We c- it's impossible we for us to keep doing this. Yeah. There's got to be something. What's this? He's gone. He's off He's looking a... for stuff. Uh... Oh. 
Doesn't sound promising. Um, the mouse mat's fine. No. no is the answer. No. I'll have, to, I'll have to make a note for myself. Hello, I'm back. I've got a mouse mat. You've got a ma- mouse I was going to say, yeah, use the mouse mat. How are you going to make a note for yourself with no paper? Oh, I don't know. On my phone? Maybe I can use my phone to do a papery noise Yeah, somehow. just smash it into the desk or yeah. download an app. There's an app for that, I believe, is the, is the Remind phrase. me, in one hour, bring paper upstairs. Okay, that's fine. You that's good? Done. All right. Yep. It's time for Weird News! Weird News! When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's weird news time. Time for some strange video game news. Peter, weird me. Smash Bros. patches out Minecraft Steve's meat. This is according okay. to Polygon.com by Pat- Patricia Hernandez. Sorry, Patricia, for saying your name wrong. Um, so that sounds like they're just being a bit funny. And really, all that's been patched out is, you know, some sort of meat-related aspect of the character, maybe an overpowered move or something like that. And it's they're just making it sound like it's something to do with Steve's Wilson. Steve Wilson. Mm-hmm. However... Steve Wilson. That's not necessarily the case. Um, so here we go. Yeah, this is Polygon. Minecraft Steve's introduction to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate was met with much fanfare, and it wasn't entirely because of his unprecedented inclusion into the party fighting game. Fans soon discovered that Steve... Stevens, it says here. <laughs> fans soon discovered that Stevens' end-of-match windscreen had him holding a piece of meat which, if paused at exactly the right moment, seemed like a not-safe-for-work pose. Well, right. now it's gone. Fans who have downloaded the recent Smash Bros. patch discovered that Steve now eats the hunk of meat and then is left holding nothing when the camera zooms in. Oh, not even a bone. No, sadly not. Uh, As you can see in this clip by Twitter user PlunU. There's a little embedded tweet just showing the victory pose. Mm. Uh, And then in caps, the the tweet-like caption is... The Smash Bros. Ultimate 9.0.1 update removes Steve's victory meat. L-M-F-A-O-O-O-O. 
Victory meat. Victory meat. Let me um, send you the accompanying image in okay. this article, which shows, I think, the offending, uh, like, single frame uh, where it... I mean, it, it doesn't... <sighs> You really, that's a stretch, isn't it? Is it is a stretch. Well, hopefully it's not a stretch because uh, it's pretty big to begin with. But it, it's, it's a flex. It's a flex. Uh, yeah, it, you really have to be looking for it kind of thing and, and well, willing so, it. It's not even from like a dodgy angle. You can clearly see he is wearing, he's fully clothed. Yeah. And he's holding Minecraft meat. Mm, I just, yeah. that's... That Especially is, if, he, uh, if, if he starts with it, you know, up in his hand and then just brings it down... To his waist at the end, yeah. like if it was just that from the beginning, that's slightly more dodgy. But even then, it's not really, is it? I understand the connotations in that it's meat, and obviously Twitter probably had a field day and we're just sort of laughing at it. No one, I, I guarantee. In fact, I can't because the internet. It's highly unlikely that people would, anyone would look at that and be seriously upset that their children could see it. Mm. You know, that's clearly just become a meme where like, oh, Steve's meat, he's holding it at crotch height. Yeah. And Nintendo is overcorrected in classic Nintendo fashion. Well, it says here, Nintendo didn't just update Smash Bros to tweak an animation, of course. Version 9.0.1, which is available for download now, has a variety of Steve-related bug fixes. Many of these changes are related to the Blocky Fighter's previously wonky minecart move, Curiously, however, the official patch notes make no mention of any changes related to Steve's meat. Um, there's then another embedded tweet from at Arcana Legacy, who puts hashtag never forget Steve's meat, F in chat, and then in asterisks it says, in the arms of an angel. And then there is uh, an Avenge the Fallen, like Avengers black and white close-up of the meat. Uh, wow! image that is embedded in the tweet there. Incredible. Uh, the, fi- the final line of the... <laughs> there it is. The final line of the article just says, Yes, folks are sad, but all the attention that this silly detail garnered meant that Nintendo probably couldn't ignore it. Yes, they could. They could have done. They probably could have ignored it. But yeah. never mind. Probably could have quite easily ignored it, but there we go. So there you go. That's that's that. Wow, that's flipping weird, isn't it? A bit flipping weird there, yeah. Blooming, blooming heck. Blimey mm. heck. Hex. Crikey. Uh, hit me back with the weirds. Here's a push square. I tried Kotaku. Have you been on Kotaku? Uh, no. They've changed how their website works, and it's really, really difficult to navigate news now. Oh, uh, I, I noticed that a few weeks ago. I now have to Google Kotaku video game news and click really? on one of the little sub links rather than the main. Yeah, like they trying got to, rid of it. Going on, going on Kotaku and just trying to get to the gaming news is really weird. They've got like they just mix it in with um, the other websites that are part of their stuff. network. Yeah, there's yeah. stuff from like Gizmodo and all sorts just in one long timeline it's like i don't want that i just want why can't i just see the kotaku news please yeah it's a mess so i i went elsewhere i've gone to push square okay Uh, this was reported all over the place but here we go nba 2k21 pledges unskippable ad error won't reoccur right is the headline 
So I'll read the original story because there's an, they fixed it now, but here we go. If it's not EA, it's publisher 2K causing controversy by applying unskippable adverts to load screens after launch. Mm-hmm. PlayStation 4 title, and presumably Xbox One as well, uh, NBA 2K21, now sports in-game ads before you hit the court as the game loads in the player's crowd and arena. As reported by Stiviver, you'll see how the Oculus Quest 2 is advertised to PS4 users before they hop to Dunker 2-pointer. A quick clip of an actor applying the headset appears before the $2.99 price flashes on screen. This was a problem players faced last year in NBA 2K20, and it appears to have come back once more in this year's iteration. Of course, the advert does not break up gameplay, and if anything, adds to the authenticity of 2K's aim uh, of, of creating a real-life bas- basketball match on your telly. <laughs> However, nobody really enjoys being advertised to after purchasing a $70 game, do they? Who knows if this tactic will also carry over to the PlayStation 5 version, which costs even more if you opted for the version containing a free next-gen upgrade. Oh, uh, dear. So, yeah, unskippable ads. Uh, this, is, this, this has happened a few times now, it feels like. I swear I've spoken about this before. Mm, well, I'm just, I have navigated to the hard-to-find news tab on Kotaku now, and lo and behold, Luke Plunkett, weird news editor at Triple Jump, that's mm-hmm. not true, has written that story. So, yeah. Ah, it's, see, there we go. It definitely counts. Yeah. Not, not that there was any question whether it did. I'm just saying. Luke Plunkett wrote Luke it. Luke Plunkett so wrote about it, so it is yeah. weird. It's got to be. Update, mm. 2K Sports has responded to the unskippable ads that appeared in NBA 2K21 over the weekend, explaining that they were part of an NBA 2K TV presentation, but weren't supposed to show during loading sequences. They tweeted, As many are aware, in recent years, ads have been integrated into 2K TV segments. Yesterday's 2K TV ad placement impacted our players' experience in a way we didn't intend, as these ads are not meant to run as part of the pre-game introduction. This will be fixed in future episodes. Thanks for your continued feedback. Which to me just sounds like, We're sorry. Mm, We're sorry. Whoops. Uh, I'd know it probably wasn't intentional. Even so get adverts out of games i just don't i just don't understand it it was exciting in crazy taxi when you saw fast food restaurants i'm okay with that don't put blooming adverts like actual adverts in the game ads just yeah shove shove a massive activision billboard in whatever open world city activision have just released or you know you used to get that a lot where the devs you know you get like ea billboards on fifa and stuff fine do it if you like and yeah if you want to do a few brand deals and have like uh a, a fast food restaurant or a you know some some monster energy on the table then go for it but Bloody god monster, the, i would actually argue the monster energy was a bit much for me yeah but, it was uh... a bit much for me i was i mean I'm, I'm almost being a bit facetious but yeah yeah don't do actual adverts please even if you're going to pretend that it's oh it's part of the um watching basketball on tv experience fantastic i love yeah. it yeah you're gonna make me pay a license fee now as well or or what yeah. yeah yeah well you yeah. gotta pay for the the season updates and the battle pass as well mm. so yeah. god i hate games so much well there we, we go do. that was uh that was the weird news let's move on to the next question from steven scodes hello ben and peter with only a month away until the next-gen consoles launch, in what way do you think the current-gen consoles change the gaming industry and the way people play games? It's only a few weeks until the new consoles launch here in the US, and a week later for you guys in the UK. Very excited for the PS5. Keep up the amazing work, lads. Thank you, Stephen. 
Thank you, Stephen. Um, so I think a few weeks ago we talked about um, the sort of the, the the how games have changed. Yeah. In this generation, you know what what sort of eras we've we've entered. Bearing in mind that you know different console generations are synonymous with different evolutions in the gaming industry. But in mm. general, generally speaking, what do you think this most recent generation of consoles? Mm. Um, has done to change how people play games rather than the games themselves. I think, and this is only in personal experience, and I would need some proper actual statistics to prove it, but I wonder whether couch co-op and people going round to each other's houses to play games has reduced fairly significantly. Mm -hmm. You know, we're able now to play online, everyone to sit in their own living rooms and stuff. And even if you do actually go round to someone's house to play local and play play on split screen... A lot of games don't even offer that. So it's not even a question of like, oh, well, I could stay at home and play online, but I could go over to yours and play on on couch co-op or or deathmatch split screen. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't even actually have that option now. Uh, I think think compared to how frequently you used to have that option, um, certainly in the kind of PS2 era and also PS3, Xbox 360 kind of era as well. Um, So I think that is sadly, that's, that's something that I personally consider... A negative, um, but I think there's there's other aspects too that are much better. I really like the whole the the idea now that it's so easy to share screenshots, video clips, and stuff of things going on in your games. You know, there was once upon a time if like a really weird glitch was happening, you would have to pull out your phone and start just filming your screen and then go, oh, look at this thing that happened the other day when you get right. to school the next day or something. I had, a, I remember I, I had a video on my phone of uh, on, on PS2 in Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance 1 or 2, I'm not sure, where this enemy was just sort of spinning around me really quickly and it kind of looked a bit silly and i got my he he was like locked into doing this animation so i was able to get my phone and uh start filming it to show my friends Mm -hmm. and it was just there were like scan lines because it was a crt and it was really blurry and horrible and you couldn't tell what was going on whereas now you just hit the share button and pop it straight on twitter or or save it in your library and show it to people when they come around or whatever so i really like that whole that whole aspect to it and that is something that's uh, obviously very much uh, here to stay for upcoming generations. But um, beyond that, I, I was trying to think, like, to what extent has, you know, the current generation changed how we play? And I don't know. I, I don't. I'd like to. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Whether you've got anything else? Because for me, it was mostly just the lack of uh, people playing together in the same room. Really. Yeah, uh, I think this generation has been. It's sort of the the end result where we find ourselves now. It's been a generation that uh, has been one of convenience and impatience. Mm. Uh, we want this. We want games now. We want them yeah. better. We want them faster. We want them prettier. Too long didn't read. Saw the saw the tweet. Saw the headline. Furious now. How could they do this to us? Yeah. Streaming games. Preloading. Frame rates. Digital foundry performance comparisons that determine a console or game's value based on milliseconds of performance difference. Uh, It's all sort of been building to this point now where it's like, we're so impatient that the games just need to load immediately and, and they need to look incredible and we will not, we will not settle for anything else. They need to load fast, look great and run smoothly. And Mm. that's it. 
And if they don't, it's a huge inconvenience somehow. You know, it's. I think this is just largely true for life in general. Yeah, really now it's, it's the way like, the world is now. Yeah, it's convenience. We we need it. We need it now. Like I'm not gonna. Very few people are gonna be asked to stand up and put a disc in anymore. It's it's you know getting lower and lower that mm. amount. Fewer people are gonna stand up and charge their controller if it runs out of battery. Some people yeah. might just switch the TV off. You know, it's all. It all seems to have been. An age of impatience is what we've been building to in, in in the last generation, I think. And you're right, there's lots of good stuff to have come out of it too. But especially as we go into this next generation and everyone's waiting on bated breath to see digital... And I'm not disparaging Digital Foundry because they do very important and very useful work. Mm. But the fact that people put so much stock in milliseconds worth of performance or graphical fidelity or frame rates and stuff... Unless there's, you know, a marketably horrible difference where yeah. one barely runs. It's all just, it's so, it's such a minor thing, it feels like. You know, it feels like such a such a small thing to count as a victory. Mm-hmm. But people yeah. put so much stock in it now. And uh, I think that's what the last generation did, was just make us hyper aware that as the strides between consoles in terms of how games look, you know, we're... we're we say this every five years. It's like you know we can't, we didn't think games could look any better, and then look at us now. Look yeah. how far we've come. But really, things aren't changing that much. They're just getting smoother, mm. and we can afford to put more hairs on the man's head. You know, it doesn't. There's not a huge amount of difference anymore. Um, and as as we've moved towards that, people are obsessing more and more with just the tiny, tiny, tiny details. They don't really affect games all that much, uh, and. That's what I think uh, is as has has happened with this last generation. <laughs> I love how both of us. I mean, I know I said, "Oh, it's good that you can share stuff now," but really, like you know, you're saying we're really impatient and we demand convenience. <laughs> and I'm saying, yeah, you know, it's 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 really sad that like a really good feature of gaming has gone out the window in sort of this generation and <laughs> you know the last generation to an extent. Yeah, uh, really. What a great generation it's been. No, it has. It has been. But uh, yeah, I think the loss of broader strokes, the loss of local co-op, is a real sad uh, mm. point. And um, but you know, the age of convenience isn't great. But you know, it's it's better convenience. than it was. Yeah, I'd still yeah. I'd still say it's it's not necessarily a negative thing, especially mm. as far as games are concerned. You know, just because it's been a, an age of I'd say also a generation of entitlement as well and people shouting loudly about what they want and abusing yeah. people when they don't get it. And that's always been a always been a thing. But as with these new you know, with these new tools that you talked about with the sharing and so on, and people's increased internet access and social media access and trolls and bots and all that kind of stuff, uh, it really has been an age of 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 anger and frustration. And hopefully we move away from that next generation uh but certainly it has been one of convenience in yeah, making things I think, faster i think it's easy to blur the line between yeah it is an age of convenience within gaming and and beyond and because there is also this age of entitlement it's easy to just m- mash those things together and say god you know why why do you feel so entitled to things being more convenient to you but they're, they're not necessarily the same thing like it's still a good thing that 
things are very convenient and easy to do now. Like I always think, like for example, my my grandma. I've when when I've been like at her house, or she she's been round to our house. Obviously not this year, but last year. Uh, I remember uh, her watching. We were watching TV, and an advert for Alexa came up on telly, and it showed a guy saying. Alexa, switch on the lights. And the lights came on. And she was just sitting on the sofa going, oh, God. Oh, good. <laughs> the, the, mere, the, the notion that someone couldn't be asked to get up off the sofa and turn on the lights, you know, that yeah. really, really frustrated her. Um, but then uh, she said, oh, mind you, you know, like, I guess for people, you know, perhaps people who uh, have like limited mobility or whatever, you know, that's obviously a really good thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh just because things are convenient and getting to the point where we can have something now and quick and and good quality that that in itself is a good thing it's just uh it's easy to to mix that in with this mentality that yeah of of entitlement and thinking that like i deserve a game that's 10 out of 10 <laughs> and loads in half a second and yeah. is and the best thing and i get a free upgrade to ps5 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So th- there's a difference. So it's a good thing that things are more convenient. Really. Yeah. I completely agree. I yeah. completely agree. They just, they just, sadly, those two things tend to go hand in hand. Mm. Uh, yeah. But exactly. Yeah. Convenience. Absolutely. You know, we've come so far and things are way easier now than they ever were. Yeah. And uh, hopefully with the new load speeds and stuff, mm. people, people will not really settle for any less. Loading times will probably get slower throughout the generation as the games get more complicated. Um, these load speeds better be what they're promising by yeah, the way like, exactly like this is all so they're much shouting talk about. about these load speeds yeah <laughs> so yeah. hopefully they are but yeah that's what i would say it's been a generation of convenience increased convenience to the point where we won't settle for any less mm. yeah yeah you're right right it's time to move on to something rather large rather large talking of uh convenience and, and not wanting to wait for things yeah and things that are lost now yeah it's time uh, for a big discussion time welcome to the big discussion this big discussion comes courtesy of samlot samlot uh, i think you should read this one shouldn't you it's your turn yeah i will all right i thought you sort of waited for me to read it no i wanted uh, you to respond to my really fun pronunciation so i was just hanging on there samlot samlot perfect i feel uh, i feel seen i feel heard and I feel valued. The so Knights of Samalot. Look at well, now you've just won up to me, so now um, I don't feel so valued anymore. Sorry. Hey Ben and or Peter. A, I... Why would it what? A a big leap we're going to Oh, I see the question reader, I suppose. I was gonna say like one of us might not be here yeah. for some reason. A big leap we're going to see in the next generation of games is a dramatic reduction in loading times, with some games doing away with loading screens altogether. This is generally hailed as a great step, and rightly so, but it does throw up some questions. Loading screens are a part of the language of video games and something we've come to expect. They often serve important functions, with developers utilising this dead time to provide tips or information about the game's lore. In fact, the loading time was even artificially extended in order to give players enough time to read the on-screen tips in Ghost of Tsushima. That's true, it was Mm. loading too fast. How do you think next-gen games will address this disappearance of loading times? Are we about to see in-game tutorials get a lot longer and more tedious? Keep up the great work. These podcasts have been a godsend during these nasty C-virus times. Thank you, Samlot. Thank you, Samlot. It's a good good point, a good question. Um, 
The first the first sentence where it was like loading screens are part of the language of video games and something we've come to expect. I was like, well, yeah, but you know, just because it's something that goes back a long time doesn't mean that it has to stick around. Like we're not going to miss it. And then immediately I read the next sentence and it's like, you know, like they provide tips or information or sometimes they they tell you like they actually have story information there like uh chapter 3 i made my way down to the uh to the docks to uh look what was going on in the warehouse and then like it all you know then the the thing will resume um that and was it's the like, vampire game wasn't it that we it played? sort of was i don't know where that came from but and it, then it was i the watched vampire. a vampire float off the boat <laughs> yeah um and i thought God, that's true, actually. Like, you know, quite a lot of games, not only do they have... I mean, I, I always think the little tips on loading screens are mostly there just to keep you entertained and have something to read. Like, I don't think mm. it's ever super vital information in terms of control tips or anything like that. You probably already learned it in the game. But, you know, there's some games do still like to put narrative information in there or they use the loading time just to sort of break it up, like maybe one day to the next. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, yeah, I think it's important to think about like how we are going to lose uh, a certain a, a place within the video game experience to put those tips or that narrative information. So I think like obviously the easiest remedy would to just have a kind of a splash screen come up that doesn't have a loading bar or the words loading on it. It just says press X to continue or press A to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the immediate solution. But um, you know you have to question. Is it worth doing that and kind of breaking the flow of the game if you don't have to anymore? Um, whether tutorials are going to be extended and more bloated, I I don't think that's the case. I think uh, we've actually come a long way in making quote-unquote tutorial levels feel less like tutorial levels now. Um, normally, it's all quite well hidden in mm-hmm. what feels like actual gameplay. You know, just say, press X to hop over this log and you'll do that, but you're still playing the game and experiencing a level and things are happening around you. It's not just you're in Hello, some... Hello, I'm David Cage and exactly. welcome to my video game. This yeah. is Bob. You're not in some VR room where it's all wireframe and someone's saying, press the X button to jump <laughs> over an obstacle. Okay, Snake, I need you to press the cancel button. <laughs> yeah. What is, what's the, what is, so, uh, X is that? I don't There's, really... Yeah, that was the best one, when it was from a, a, a multi-platform game and they didn't want to re- <laughs> record... Yes. Press the action button. X what? or A, yeah. <laughs> press the jump button to jump. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll do oh, that. Oh, yeah, the one with the, the man <laughs> jumping on it. Yeah. So I'd like to think that it won't affect tutorials themselves. Um, but yeah, you know, there there is... Load, loading screens do hold important information sometimes. And maybe some games will continue to have some sort of splash screen that comes up, but you'll just be able to instantly skip it. I don't know. It's hard yeah. to say. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. It's just going to... Loading screens are just going to... I mean, again, you know, if they actually hold true to their promises, mm, loading yeah. screens are just going to become a casualty of moving forward with technology. Uh, these loading tips, they were never necessary for, uh, for players. They were necessary for developers to keep, as you said, players entertained while it was loading. Yeah. It's just sort of evolved to the... They just sort of evolved symbiotically where it was like, well, we need loading screens, so we might as well use this dead time to, to talk to the player. Uh, if... Uh, th- now that it's, it's not a problem um, for, for developers, if they need to provide tips... They're just going to have to find a new way to, to to get them to people. And you're right, they could do that via 
just sort of a tutorial that's organically in the game like i I think of the outer world's very brief tutorial Mm -hmm. which is perfect which is you just running down a hill and there's a log you have to jump over there's a log you have to crouch under and then there's a little bit of stealth to get past an enemy then you shoot a person and then they just let you go like go do your thing yeah that's it like you don't need much more than that um there are still going to be times where you get a game over or you die right Mm. and those screens can still provide tips and valuable information and it can just be and again with loading screens like loading screens probably aren't going to disappear they'll just be incredibly short yeah and so what they can do is do that thing i mean and i'm not necessarily a fan of this because i keep being caught out i kept being caught out by it i think by bioshock infinite (laughs) kept catching me out with it where when it finishes loading, it says press X to continue yeah. in small letters in the corner. So you just sit there on your phone waiting for it to load and you look up, oh, for God's sake. So they could do that on death, death screens or loading screens. It could still, you know, load almost instantly, but then you just have to press a button to manually leave that screen. But genuinely, I think, you know, not all games are going to need this. They can find other ways to communicate with the players. Uh, Bloodborne, for example, on launch... Uh, Bloodborne doesn't need loading screens at all. None of the Souls games really need loading screens. They're just there. And when Bloodborne launched, not only did it have very long load times, which were eventually patched, but it used to just say that it used to just have the game's logo on it. That was it. Right. They had to patch it to match the other Souls games in that it it then had item descriptions up on the screen. Mm. So it never told you useful story points because obviously the story is very... uh, weird uh, and not un- non-existent practically but it did at the very least show pictures of items with their descriptions and stuff so it was sort of like lore that popped up but that's a game that will not suffer from losing loading screens or load time and i think a lot of games won't and uh it's j- it'll just be a new as we move into this new age it'll just be a new problem for developers to solve and and we'll head off in a brand new direction in how they communicate with players yeah yeah, I think so too. Um, we can only we can only sit and wait to see how long or short these loading screens actually are, and of course it's going to vary game to game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe with you know games that were initially released on current gen, you know maybe they'll have faster loading screens than the launch titles for PS5 because they might be you know bigger, more complicated games. I'd like to think so. Yeah. So. Um, It'll take time. Even you, you won't even know from launch necessarily exactly what the situation is. Um, God, it suddenly got me. I've just realised it's got me very excited that Crash the Crash Four might actually have a bearable reset time. Yes, now when that's I have true. To... You're getting a free. You're getting a free upgrade with that. I'm one? not sure what the situation is with Crash Four. Maybe. I think you. I think you are. I'll just have right. a. I'll have a quick look. So we're hmm. Crash Four, next gen upgrade let's see uh well okay i don't know it looks like it there's lots of could be's right yeah i've not heard anything specific about it but uh i mean even if it's backwards compatible it might it might just load faster on the better hardware so yeah well at the very least it's been listed for xbox series x so okay they'll probably sell it again yeah yeah they may (laughs) do that i don't know if you get an upgrade like that Mm, we'll see well, there we go. We're getting mm. so close now. Next gen, you can sniff it. Don't do. Don't ask for ask first though, because that's yeah. a bit. Don't overstep, Peter. If people wants to get in touch with us, oh my goodness uh. me, and uh, and and let us know what they thought of the discussions this week. How and where can they do so? 
uh, Team Triple Jump, wherever's worth being. YouTube.com and Twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump. That's where we put all our content out, videos and streams. When we stream on both of those channels, uh, Lord Brotovich, Cecil Prumps, Madstadactyl and Trowling Badger are modding the chat. Thank you. Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump are our social medias where you can get in contact with us. Luke Eldon's looking after Facebook. Thank you, Luke. We've got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash forward slash forward slash Team Triple Jump. There's not two forward slashes. Um, that is That has all kinds of rewards. You can ask questions on this very podcast. Worst games ever, two days early, all kinds of other things. Uh, there's a Discord, bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump. And that's modded by Jack and Joe. They're keeping it all civil in there. Thank you. Thank you. The podcast is available in audio form if you're watching on YouTube. In all the good podcast places uh, or you can go to play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump the website is triple j.mup uh, and triple j.mup forward slash shop is where our shop is with some exciting merch might be some uh, some new merch on the way in, uh, in a few weeks and or months oh it looks cool it does look really cool uh, and finally, triplejur.mup forward slash VODs is uh, a, a link to our YouTube VODs channel where all of our VODs are uploaded. And not only that, but uh, we get weekly highlight videos as well. And they're edited by Pat. Thank you, Pat. Yes, thank you so much, Pat. Those uh, they're, they're, We're on to our uh, second week of those now. There's also a sort of a, a recap of everything that happened in Beyond Two Souls because obviously mm. we stopped streaming that back in, what, March-ish? Yeah. Uh, so and, and we we streamed the fi- I'm assuming the final episode this week. So if you want to catch up before jumping into the VOD, it's all on that VOD's channel. Thank you yeah. again to Pat for his hard work on that. If you'd like to follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter, you can do at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, and sometimes they get demonetized for areolas. <laughs> Streams every Monday, Thursday, and Friday. Thursday being the joint stream, Blaze It on YouTube. Monday and Friday being Friday. Monday and Friday being solo streams on Twitch. Again, appropriately. I'm playing Fahrenheit, which does have Areola in it. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. We'll see okay. what happens there. Uh, worst Games Ever is fortnightly. Friday for patrons. Sunday for everyone else. It's not a Worst Games Ever week. We did one of those last week. It was our Halloween episode. Go watch Ooh. it. Uh, the podcast is every Saturday, and we do shows every other week. Please leave a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Peter, this week, yeah, we've got... Adam Pacitti doing a What It Means to Me on Habbo Hotel, and it is a wild episode. It's such a good one. It's so I love anything that Adam does where he just tells anecdotes about his Adam Pacitti life, and that yes. is a, one of those videos, and it's wonderful. It's peak cheaty. It is, uh, yeah. So go, go watch that. It's really good, and uh, James yeah. did a great job editing it. Obviously, there's not a great deal of footage floating around that isn't someone's just someone's character in Habbo Hotel. So James actually had to go into Habbo Hotel, pretend to be Adam Pacitti, and just just talk to people about wrestling and just generally be a bit of a nuisance. So yeah. you guys had something to watch while Adam was regaling you with stories. So it's it's good. It's worth it's worth a watch. Go do it. Um let's see. We were also very excited to be a part of the uh, Cats Protection League Game Jam 
that they've been running. We are judges on that, and I believe the winners will be announced next week. We will, of course, signal boost that on our social media. So big thanks to Cats Protection League for some reason asking us to be expert judges in a games competition. Expert judges. We had to, like, fill out notes on like nine different criteria it was really i felt important and clever yeah well you should because we both were uh, yeah so yes we will uh we'll probably talk about that again next week but big thank you to cats protection for mm, yeah. for reaching out to us and asking again we always love working with them and they do very important stuff yeah. uh we actually have peter two copies of two point hospital and the brand new culture shock dlc to give away courtesy of sega Thank you, Sega. We Thank do. you so much, That's Sega. True. I was thinking about this. We probably should have discussed it before we started recording. But I was <laughs> thinking maybe the best thing to do would be when this podcast goes live on Twitter, everybody who retweets it is entered. And then we'll just choose two people who retweet the tweet about this podcast and you will win those codes. How does that sound? Does that sound simple enough? It does, yeah. I mean, that we've got that's working under the assumption that everyone who retweets it does actually want to enter into the competition maybe they should also put a hashtag or something with it i don't know if we can see the quote tweets though oh no i mean we'll see the hashtags won't we i mean if they don't want it (laughs) i love how we're just making this up if they don't want it presumably they can just say no thank you right true true we'll do that yeah just retweet it (laughs) just retweet the tweet about this podcast if you want to win a copy this is for pc we should clarify these are steam keys for two point hospital and the brand new culture shock dlc courtesy of sega thank you very much sega uh, two keys. We have two keys to give away. Comes so, with the base game, so it do, yeah. it do. So please, please do retweet the tweet about this podcast, and uh, there you go. That'll that'll be it. Uh, another thing to mention: next week will be our Halloween episode. It releases on actual Halloween. So if you are a patron supporting us very kindly over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump for as little as one dollar per month to get access to the podcast question post, then make sure you get your spooky gaming questions in. Uh, on the on the next request for questions, what's the scariest game you've ever played? Yeah, how yeah. many how many of those we're we gonna get? <laughs> Don't know. Um, and finally, finally, this was something that uh, that was uh, sort of unveiled last night, uh, and you may have seen this going around on Twitter as well. Both Cultaholic and Triple Jump are donating uh, enough funds. I'm just reading the tweet here to provide 1,000 meals to children in need uh, in the wake of the UK government's decision to not continue providing free school meals, which is obviously very disappointing. Um, so we wanted to to step up and help out. And if you would also like to contribute and help feed people uh, that, that really need it, or spe- school kids, uh, school kids, bloody school hell, kids. school kids, essentially, uh, who need school meals, then you can do so by going to fairshare.org.uk forward slash active eight. That's active and then the word eight as in eat in the past you have eaten yes yeah. exactly uh that's um uh that is via the the fair share uk uh sort of charity um so when we say children in need we mean needy children not not bbc children in need no yeah no children who rely on school meals and yes. will no longer have them um we uh we've donated money to 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 buy some of those meals for kids who really need them. And uh, yeah, if, if you could also support them, that would be amazing. And and we all need to come together in crappy times. And it's a shame that we are uh, consistently let down by, uh, by, by the people who should be looking out for them, mm. for these people. Yeah. So uh, yeah, if you can, if you can donate, please do. Right. I believe we're all done. 
Yes, I think that's it. Well, we're almost all done, but it leaves us just enough time in this arbitrarily long podcast, but there's always just enough time mm. to go over our sponsor once again. Uh, hey, you want that honey when you walk, go downstairs? Uh, when you get up at um, PlayStation 3 o'clock in the morning, go downstairs, <laughs> walk through your PlayStation door into yeah. PlayStation kitchen and uh, have some PlayStation toast with the Sony PlayStation Hive. Honey, wow. fresh, fresh out the kitchen. Yum, yum. Oh, look out. Your cat's done a PlayStation 2 on the floor. Oh, no. Oh, I've, I'm going to send it to PlayStation 7. <laughs> You're going to kill it? I'm, I might. Yeah, well, you know me. Minecraft. I did it. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, you did, yeah. You did murder a cat. So there we go. Well, thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate you listening. Uh, please stay safe and healthy and happy out there and we will see you again next time bye bye everybody bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 